This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sunday to you. Obviously, it's all about 90 Day Fiance. We are covering 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After, Season 7, Episode 4. Truth hurts. Yeah, a lot of truth. A lot of truth going on here. Some of them are not truth. Some of them are false truths. Hey, Sly Cat. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show. Alinda is so girly. PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. As well as Super Chats and Super Stickers, Super Thanks are available. Um, you want to grab my attention, go ahead and throw that up there in the live chat. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, welcome to Sunday Fun Day. All right, we're going to start off with Libby and Andre. And I mean, I just have a lot of feelings about this relationship. And a lot of it has to do with just it being really testosterone filled for a lack of better term so libby's taking voice lessons uh she's warming up she really wants to sing she really wants to do this whole nursery rhyme situation as well as andre's dad is arriving this day uh from madova so what we find out in this episode is that she had a voice coach back when she was 15. She used to thing, thing. <laughs> she used to sing and singing was like therapy for her. However, she didn't fully pursue it way back then when she was a young teen because her family thought it was a joke and didn't support her. And, you know, going after a singing career, you need all the support that you can get. So because she feels it's her passion and you guys, I was actually surprised she's, pretty good to be honest like even her voice coast is like you're pretty good like you're rusty but you're pretty good you have talent right so she tells the voice coach that she wants to do nursery rhymes the voice coach is like you know i haven't seen anyone do that before and just know that you know making videos and putting it online it's saturated so it's not going to happen overnight hey linda girl hey girl hey it's not going to happen overnight. So just be prepared for that. But I already 
know and we all know that she already has a following, right? Because she's on uh, TV. She's on a reality show. She's already going to have that one foot out the gate because she already has a built-in following, right? Hundreds of thousands of followers. So she's going to be just fine, everyone. <clears throat> so the voice coach is like, yeah, you have, you have talent. You're a bit rusty. And, you know, it takes longer to be successful in this career than most people think just be ready for that oh linda says i'm a vocal coach and i know that the children's market is huge well there you go i think that she is going to be just fine linda because again like i said she has already built an audience from this show she does have talent so it's going to happen for her Hey, Kelly. Hey, girl. Hey. So she wants to do, and she also, you guys, she wants to do something with her daughter, Ellie, right? So it's going to be like the two of them together, you know, doing nursery rhymes, singing it out, all of the stuff. And so I think that it's going to work out for her. Uh, one of the other things that I was super impressed by, because we don't see it a lot on 90 Day Fiance, is the fact that her and, and Ellie have been practicing their Romanian so that they can communicate with Andre's dad, Stefan, right? Because, I mean, we talk about Jenny all the time. Jenny lives in India, is immersed in the culture, and doesn't speak a lick of the language, right? So it's, like, refreshing when you're like, oh, the American is actually taking a moment to really embrace herself or himself in the, their partner's culture. We don't see that often on the show. And so I thought like, wow, she really is doing something. So between the singing and learning languages and all of that stuff, I thought it was fantastic. Really, I really did. Hey, Nikki. Hey, girl. Hey. So <clears throat> Andre's super excited. Megan is in the house. Hey, Megan. Andre's super excited to see his dad because, you know, as a lot of us, we haven't seen family members during this pandemic, you know, for a few years. So it's exciting to like reconnect. And so he's excited to host his dad and show, in Andre's words, quote, him the American way of living, right? Which is translating in Andre's speak. He just wants to show his dad like, hey, look, I am American success story. You know, despite how I got it, I built a home, I have a kid, I have another kid on the way, I'm successful, you know, I'm a realtor, all of the things, which is great, right? He did come to a whole new country and succeeded, but we also have to remember he succeeded a little bit through nepotism, right? If it wasn't for Elizabeth's dad he and the show, he would not have gotten to where he is, in my opinion. So Stefan is proud of him. He's so proud of his successes. He hopes that Andre's successes continue. Uh, and then they decide that they're going to go out for ice cream. Now, you guys, it has been my personal experience as well. And I'd love to hear from all my American friends out there. Um, hi, Joslo. Hey, girl. Hey, catch the replay. Feel better. Um, it's my experience that everything is bigger in America. Everything. Food, alcohol, uh, 
people, everything. Just everything is bigger in America. So they go out for ice cream. And I have to tell you guys, I went out for ice cream yesterday. And I went to this spot. And this is not a, it's just it's not even a plug. It's just reality. Um, what is this place called? Oh, it's called, oh my God, why can't I find the name of it? Salt and something. It's the best ice cream I've had in my entire life. That's how good it was. Oh, <clears throat> I'll be able to tell you in una momento because I think I posted it. Yes, yeah, salt and straw. So I went to this place called Salt and Straw. And even there, like, they have, like, half scoops. They're half scoops. You guys are, like, the big as your head. There's, it, but the ice cream is amazing. So Libby, Andre, Stefan, Ellie, they go out for ice cream. And that bowl, you guys, did you see it? Was massive. It was massive. It was, like, this big. The dad was like, oh, I'm probably only be able to eat half of this. Yeah, because the bowl is so crazy big that you were like, oh, this could feed a family of four. Yes, Carol and Linda, salt and straw was so good. They have, oh my God, you guys, the ice cream was so good. I had, since you guys brought it up, I had the Beecher's cheese with apple pie cinnamon rolls. And which like a half scoop of that and a half scoop of the Pinot Poach Pear Sherbet. Sherbet. And it was friggin' delicious. <clears throat> Why do I keep doing that? Oh, hey, Marsha. Hey, girl. Hey. Thanks for the support. So... <clears throat> One of the things that I found interesting was Andre decides that he's going to tell his dad about the housewarming party that they had and how Pam, Lizzie's mom, or Libby's mom, was trying to reunite the family with Charlie, right? And not taking into account that the whole family thinks that Charlie has a drinking problem and everyone has isolated him away from them because they want him to get help and they think he's toxic. And then, so he's like, yeah, do you remember when Charlie, you know, ruined our party? He got drunk as a pig and, you know, tried to ruin our wedding. Do you remember that, Dad? Yeah. So Pam, Libby's mom, is trying to make us seem like I should be still friends with him. Oh, and by the way, she thinks that I drink just as much as Charlie. Now... What's interesting to me, you guys, is the dad says, you know, it's difficult when you love someone and they can't let alcohol go. Now, the dad, you guys, I can't believe that Stefan is actually Andre's dad because they are polar opposites. This man has wisdom and he's so calm and he just really thinks things through. Like, he's very considerate about everyone around him. And then you have Andre, the hothead who doesn't see how machine, what is the word I'm looking for? How he tries to come off as like macho and I'm the man, but he comes across as like super controlling, 
super machismo is what I was going to say. And also, too, even in this episode, you guys, he's alienating his family, which is Libby and Ellie, from her family. And he doesn't think that it's a problem. Right. Nikki says, how Andre speaks to his mother-in-law is appalling. And it's appalling, Nikki, that Libby's okay with it. And that Libby blames her mom for for their interactions when really, again, and I said it last week as well, you guys, but it's amazing to me how, first of all, you're going to let anyone talk to your mom like that. Second of all, you're going to allow your husband to isolate you from your biological family. And third of all, you had didn't have any problems. You were super close with every single individual in your family until your husband came along. So who's the issue here? So he goes on to say, Andre goes on to say that, you know, Libby's mom accused him of drinking as much as Charlie does um, and that he's simply not aggressive. And the dad's like, well, you know, I don't think that she should probably have made that comparison. But also the dad doesn't see um, Andre. He doesn't see Andre in social situations, especially even situations that Charlie's at. Andre absolutely does drink a lot and he does get aggressive and he gets loud. We saw it at the housewarming party. He had started drinking when he was cleaning the house. By the time all the people came over, he was already drunk and that's why he was so aggressive. And so you, you, what's the saying, you guys, you calling the kettle black or whatever, like you do the same thing. Maybe you don't drink every single day, but when you drink, you get drunk and your personality changes and you become more aggressive than ever. So like, all the things you're saying about Charlie, you can say about yourself because we see it when we see you on TV. Bizarre. So Libby goes on to say that she spoke to her mom on the phone about Charlie and Charlie in general and Charlie's drinking. And she told her mom that, you know, her and Andre need to get together and work this out uh, because in Libby's words, how Pam spoke to Andre was inappropriate at the party. And literally, you guys, my note says, what, Libby, what? Andre is the one that was super disrespectful, talked to his mother out, his mother-in-law out his neck, literally said that he would ban her from the house and treat her like he treats Charlie. But Libby is saying that the mom spoke at a turn and the mom was inappropriate. Make that make sense to me, you guys, because did we watch the same episode? Did you see what I saw last week? Because all I saw was a mom trying to like reunite all her kids and all her family. And whether you think Charlie has a drinking problem or not, you have to admit that the whole family does drink a lot. Like drinking is part of their day to day and how they socialize. And maybe one of them handles alcohol worse or better than the other. But what she was saying was not wrong. They all drink. And Andre's attitude at the party, the housewoman, was just as disgusting as the time that he fought with Charlie. Like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, I don't see how she was in the wrong. So if you guys see it, please let me know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments. I just don't see it. 
So Libby's like, you know what? I want my mom and Andre to meet up and talk it out because in her words, she doesn't want to break off contact with another family member. You know how sad that is? Do you know how sad it is that she is deciding to break off relations because her husband and before her husband, she was just fine with her family. You know how sad that is? It's really sad. Um, <clears throat> so Andre says all this stuff to his dad, talks shit about Charlie, and talks shit about Pam, just talks shit about Libby's family in general. And the dad says, you know, in a community, when someone needs help, it's best to work together to solve the problem. So in essence, everything that Andre is saying to him, he's saying, listen, instead of isolating and rejecting the person, what you want to do is come together as a family, come together as a community and work through your issues. And again, I don't know how this man is Andre's father. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Andre. Like, what happened? Was he dropped on his head early on? Did he have a bad experience? Like, where does all his hostility and anger come from? Considering that this man, Stefan, is his father and is so, yes, like Megan said, his dad is so sweet and even-tempered. So if he grew up with someone that was so sweet and even-tempered, where does his aggressive temper controlling attitude come from? I'm just very curious. I'm just very curious. It's it's wild to me. I think he has anger issues, to be honest. And so that happens. It's the next day. And Libby is practicing her singing. And he said something that I thought was super condescending. And again, he also makes everything about himself because he is a controlling personality. He said that when Libby sings, he doesn't even interrupt her, even if she sings a song that he doesn't like. So that was a super weird backward compliment, in my opinion. And the fact that he made it about himself was mind-blowing to me. So he's getting ready to meet Pam and Libby talks shit about her own mother and says, you know, good luck to you. She always thinks she's right. So just remember she's my mom, but she always thinks that she's right. So Andre goes to like a coffee shop and Pam shows up. Pam basically is having like this weird, awkward interaction with Andre. It's like he's there, but he wants to like pour his will on her and teach her her wrong ways, which, you know, she's a grown-ass woman. She's going to believe what she wants to believe. So there's this weird, awkward tension between the two of them. Pam starts the conversation by saying, you know, hey, you know, at the, at the house ring, I thought you were super disrespectful to me. And at the end of the day, I want to put all of that aside. Um, my birthday's coming up, and I want my whole family there. Will you put a ceasefire in for a couple of hours so that I can have my whole family there, meaning that Charlie's going to be there. And Andre's 
Andrea's like, hell no, hell no. It's a bad idea for me to be in the same room with Charlie and Charlie has issues and he's toxic and I am not about to see him. So we will not be there because Charlie's going to be there. And I would rather isolate my, keep my wife and daughter isolated because I don't want any of that negative energy. And then to that, Pam says, you know, you're a coward. You're taking the coward's way out. Instead of like what we're doing, sitting down and confronting each other on our issues, you're isolating. You're isolating yourself and your family and specifically my daughter and my grandbaby from the rest of her family because you've decided that that's what you want to do. You would rather isolate than confront the issue. Which I think she's absolutely right, you guys. I think that the, it's weird how much she isolates Libby and Ellie. And I think that Libby tiptoes around him because she knows you know, who and what her husband is. And if you notice, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, the fact that he feels comfortable cussing in front of his young daughter and freaking out to the point where the daughter starts crying and is always clinging to Libby says a lot to me. <clears throat> says a lot to me. That whole aggressive machismo rage-filled personality that doesn't hold back even in front of the kid. The kid absorbs all of that. Do you notice that, you guys? That she always, Ellie always clings to Libby because Andre is the way he is. Do y'all notice that? Or is it just me noticing that? Because I gotta tell you that that can't be healthy for a new, like a toddler absorbing all of his toxic energy. All right, <clears throat> moving on to Angela. I'm going to tell you this, and if you've never been to this show before, first of all, don't forget to like and subscribe. But um, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Angela. And so when I cover her section, it's full of bias. I understand it, and I'm okay with it. I think that she is 100% toxic and 100% the energy that I'm done seeing. And what I mean by that is that we have gone through a pandemic. We've all really reevaluated the things that are important in our lives and the things that we're clinging on to. And now with like inflation and uh, uprising homelessness and, you know, being away from our loved ones for so long, what I'm not about to do is be wrapped up in some woman that is just so friggin' angry and toxic as fuck. I'm just not going to, I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting it anymore. Y'all might think she's amazing. You might think some of it's funny. I don't think it's funny. I think the way she treats people is 100% disgusting. And she's she's an angry, white, old woman. And she will remain that way because she doesn't see that she is the problem. But I will tell you this. I know she knows she's the problem because guess what? <clears throat> All the stuff that she complains about um, Michael doing, she does times a thousand. So she says that Michael is a social media whore. She's the one that posted the most on social media, you guys. And guess what? She turned her comments off. So if you go to any of her social media now, you can't comment on her page because she knows I'm not the only one that feels this way. People feel the exact same way about her. They're tired of her nasty behavior. They're tired of her toxic words. <clears throat> hey, Ray Della. Hey, girl. Hey. Linda says, I hate watching her. 
And Carol says, Angela is unpleasant with totally unacceptable behavior. I don't understand why TLC gives her airtime. All of that. So anyways, Angela's in her backyard teaching one of her kids, her grandbabies, uh, to ride a bike. And she's talking about how her grandkids, and there's a whole gaggle of them, are more excited for Michael to come to the U.S. than she is. And Angela says she's pissed, as per usual, at Michael, okay? And it's Michael's birthday, and she's like, you know, I'm making no effort because Michael is being shady. But again, she hasn't explained to us what he's being shady about. She just all of a sudden woke up one day and said he's being shady because what? He's posting on Instagram, he's being shady. He asked you for money, he's being shady when you're the same person that A, won't allow him to work, so he's going to have to get the money from somewhere. And since you have made this arrangement to send him money every month to cover his monthly bills, then I don't see what your issue is. How is it all of a sudden being shady? Second of all, you're the one that is so fucking insecure about your own damn self that you're not allowing a grown-ass man to have social media. Now, I blame both of them. What you're not about to do is be married to someone and they dictate how you're going to be. So I also blame Michael. Angela, halfway across the world, because she gets angry with you and she doesn't want you to have social media accounts, you don't have social media and you don't work because she says so. Grow some, like grow a pair. Grow a pair. Do you. Like you said in this episode, every grown-ass person has social media if they want it. So because your woman is so insecure and she doesn't want you to have social media, you're not going to have social media, you're scared of her. And then you're going to say, send me $5,000 and I'll take it down. I mean, you're both wrong in my opinion. So she decides that even though she thinks Michael's being shady and she's pissed off at him, which was a sign for me to be warned that this phone call was going to go like every phone call and every word that comes out of her mouth. Don't forget, Angela's a bully, you guys. Think about all of the cast members she's bullied over the years. You know, she bullied um, oh, John's, what's John's partner's name? I can't think of her at the top of my head right now, but she bullied her. Um, she's bullied a lot of people. I can't think of their names right now, but a lot of the cast members, she's just come on every single tell-all and just bullied people. She's a big, big bully. And she, yeah, Avery, that's right. She bullied Avery, but she also bullied John from England. What's John from England's partner's name? Anyways, bullied her as well. So she calls Michael with a really shit attitude and was like, hey, Michael, hey, Michael. Happy birthday. What did you do for your birthday? And he's like, I didn't go out because I have no money. And, you know, I asked you to send me some money, but you refused. And then she starts freaking out because that's what she does. She starts screaming at him, um, calls him an idiot, calls him an ungrateful motherfucker. And she's always sent money where is it all going? I, I give you enough money to cover your bills. So where is it all going? Well, Angela, if you had any sense, you would know that the same $10 that you made 
last year is not the same amount of $10 this year because the inflation is crazy. I keep telling you guys this. I love strawberries, but the price of strawberries for a little carton of strawberries that was off the chain. Like, how is that going to be? That's $10. Where I am, at least it's like eight to $10 for just a little crate of, of, of strawberries. So whatever you're sending him, if you haven't been sending him a little bit more, that's why he has nothing because everything is costing way more because of what's happening in the world right now. Rachel, thank you. Is it Buggy Reads? Thank you. That's who it was. Rachel and Avery. Rachel and Avery are, the, are two of the cast members that on all those tell-alls, Angela bullied those women to the point where I thought she was going to put hands on them. That's how, that's how Angela is. She treats everyone like that. And, and I know you guys know, because I know you guys saw uh, recently her getting on a plane and bullying the flight attendant. I know you guys saw that and they were trying to kick her off the plane because her shit attitude she takes with her everywhere. So <clears throat> she's freaking out <clears throat> on Michael on the phone and to the point where she hangs up on him. She th says that, you know, he's talking to other women on Instagram. He blocked her on Instagram and I was like, this is all about you, though. This is all about you, Angela, because you have you have done all the things, like the weight loss surgery, the boob enhancement, the all the things because of your own insecurities. So you're not allowing your own husband to have social media because you're insecure that other randoms are messaging him or commenting on, on his page, and you don't like the fact that that's happening. You don't like that he's getting any attention. What you want is his attention on you 100%. But guess what? That's about you and your own insecurities about who you are as a person, how you look as a person. So until you heal yourself and you can become whole in yourself, all of it, it all relates to guys, all her nasty, all her meanness. It all relates to her not being secure in who she is. If she was secure in who she was, she would, wouldn't be as half as terrible as she is, you guys. I promise you that. And half as controlling as she is with Michael. It's terrible. So <clears throat> she tells him to take his Instagram down and he won't do it. And so she says to him, F you and F your birthday and hangs up on him. Now, she goes on to say, that he's a social media whore. And again, at the top of my show, I said, I said this, if anyone's a social media whore, it's her. If you go on any of her social media, she posts the most random shit all day, every day. She's on TikTok. She does these TikTok duets with a bunch of different men all the time, but she wants to turn around and call Michael a social media whore, she really needs to look at herself in the mirror because all the things that she's complaining about is everything that she does on a regular basis. And mind you, I want to throw it out there too that I wish she would take some type of social media course because her shit is stuck in the 80s, dude. Like with all of these like old school emojis, some weird ass backgrounds, all the, th like everything she posts, I'm like, what year are you living in? It's bizarre. 
Sly Cat says, can you imagine what would happen if Michael got here with her and then she starts yelling and cussing him out and the police are called? Yeah, listen, just like his aunt said, his aunt, or actually, you guys actually don't even know this. My Patreon news and gossip people, you guys know that I've told you this already. His aunt doesn't want him to come to America at all, period. She doesn't want him to come. She's fearful of it because Angela lives in the South. Angela's already disrespectful and emotionally and verbally abusive to Michael. Because can you imagine this Black African with an accent coming to small town Georgia and Angela accuses him of anything? It's a wrap for him. It's a wrap for him. So anyways... Yeah, I loved it. Megan said, I was shocked that uh, Skyla, her daughter, called her hypocrisy out. I 100% loved it. I 100% loved it. I was like, I don't know what's happening with you, Skyla, but for the simple fact that you're being the rational one in this, this situation, I'm 100% for it. So um, the whole social media whore thing bothered me. Um, and the fact that she does like TikTok duets with tons of men. I was just like, just get the fuck out of here, Angela. Everything you're saying is ridiculous. I find her 100% offensive. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but did you notice her manicure and her like red state fingernails with the American flags on her fingernails? And I can say that because she's made it very clear that she's 100% a Trump supporter. 100% living that lifestyle. So like that low key passive aggressive racism that lives within her, it comes out in different ways. And one of the ways is, is, in my opinion, her friggin' stupid manicure, as well as the way she talks to Michael. So you can say, oh, well, she has some black grandbabies and her husband's black. Well, it doesn't matter. She's still low key a racist. And that's what we're all this nastiness comes from it's terrible so anyways between that and then her friggin' smoking so you went through crazy ass weight loss surgery and you tell the world that you lost 100 pounds but you're gonna gain all that shit back because it's literally a lifestyle change the surgery is only the first part and you're still smoking like a chain smoker you're still drinking soda non-stop all day every day and then you go to this friggin' All you can eat buffet, but you're saying like, oh, let's have salad. Let's eat cucumbers. You need to make better choices, Angela. Make better choices because that weight is going to creep right back on. And honestly, honestly, you can already see that she's gained some of it back. Because if you think about when we saw her on the tell-all versus what we're seeing now, it's quite the change. It's because she's not, she may be making slight changes, but she hasn't made an overall lifestyle change. You go to the yoga with your friggin' Coke bottle, Pepsi bottle, whatever it is. She loves, apparently she loves Coke. Ridiculous. So Michael calls back and again, Angela is yelling. And of course her signature, I'm done, I'm done, nonsense. Uh, She screams that. And my note here, this is my note. 
her shit attitude is exhausting. It's exhausting. It is, you guys. It's exhausting. Her toxic energy spewing through my TV screen is exhausting. She's not changed one bit since she started. And she doesn't see any need to change. And I'm surprised, like you all, that the TLC executives are like, oh, this is so... 2020 2018 2017 like we can't do this we've all expanded the show has blown up it's you know international success like we can't like how are you bring angela back and not some of the other cast members that we actually care about and want to see like no one wants to see someone just yelling and cussing and smoking and drinking and like no one wants to see that at least I don't. And if I'm wrong, again, you guys let me know in the comments. Let me know in the live chat. But I feel like it's over. It's over. And that's and it, she knows it's over. That's why on social media, she doesn't let you comment on her post because everyone's calling her out on her bullshit. And TLC's not listening to the fans saying, like, we're done with her. We're done with this, this nonsense and shitty behavior. Um... Kelly says she's so jealous of the other girls. She's jealous for sure. And she's insecure for sure, Kelly. So they go to an all you can eat type of buffet. And she's telling Skylar that she doesn't know if Michael actually loves her. And it's taking a toll on her health and her body. I was like, what? You're blaming Michael for what? The toll on your health and your body? You should be blaming the nonstop sugar that you put down your throat and the nicotine that you put down your throat all day, every day, that's what's affecting your health and your body, not your long distance marriage. And you know what else is affecting your health and your body? Your toxic ass, shitty ass, nasty ass attitude. You can't just be, you can't just wake up angry and bitter and think that that doesn't affect you. It's affecting your, your whole mind, body, soul 100%. That's why you have like, Listen, let me not even get started. I'm just saying, if she wants to talk about her health and her body, she needs to look within. The ugly is coming from within. And also the cigarette smoking and the nonstop soda drinking. Sly Cat says, She's so abusive and TLC allows her to get away with it on screen. Megan says she brings new viewers. We're all sick of her after years, but new audience will be entertained. I, I suppose, Megan, I, I think that a lot of us have been watching this show for a very long time. So even though there are new viewers, I think there are more seasoned viewers than new viewers. And, you know, maybe we should do a poll. Are you team Angela? Or are you sick of Angela? I feel like that should be a poll. I wonder if I should do like a, I'll do this, not a banner. I'll do, I'll do a poll. I'll do a poll on YouTube uh, in the community section. Carol says, I have no interest in watching her and I'm not. So, Angela's talking to Skyla and she tells Skyla that, you know, Michael uh, has his Instagram up, told him to take it down. And she, he's like, no, I'm not going to. And Skyla's like, well, you talk to other people online. 
And, you know, you doing those duets with Billy all the time. And you even said that you have a little bit of a crush on, on Billy. So maybe Michael is reacting to what you're doing, right? And Scarlett goes on to say, you know, you talk about Michael playing games, but so are you. You're playing the same games. And you're looking for attention and you feel like your husband's not giving it to you. So you go online to seek the attention that you're missing in your life. And Angela did not appreciate that her daughter called her out, said that, oh, she always just hated Michael. And, and eh. so Angela's decided that the only way for her to figure out what's going on with her and Michael is she's going to make another trip to Nigeria and decide what's happening with her relationship. And all I know is that Angela stays mad. She stays ugly and ignorant and mean and nasty and full of verbal abuse. She stays that way. Uh, Connie says, sick of her. Buggy said, I stopped watching this season because of her. And Linda says, but it's okay her, for her to plan a trip, right? Because she's going to go to Canada to see her, her online friend uh, to take a trip to see some other man. Bizarre. On to Samit and Jenny. I just find these two hilarious, you guys. Like, I just really do. They're in such different times in their lives, but somehow they're, they're making it work, and it's fascinating to me. So they're at their old house, and Jenny's whining because she can't find anything. They're trying to pack because they're going to go on their honeymoon. And she calls them Mr. and Mrs. Submit, which I thought was kind of cute. But also just, you guys, okay, don't get me wrong. I love this whole Jenny Submit thing. I think that, you know, for anyone to stay with someone for 10 years after that person has, like, lied on you, cheated on you, gotten married behind your back, catfished you, all the things, she's just a better woman than me. Like, because I could, I could not do it. I just cannot do it. Like, I just don't think I have that forgiveness in me like she does. Right. So that being said, that being said, I'm going to say something that sounds not very nice, but I feel like, I'm just going to say, it. I feel like in the last few seasons, she's aged more. Like she just seems older. Does that make sense to anyone? Like, I felt like she was more like spry and agile before. And these last few seasons, I'm like, oh, she's showing like her, she's just showing senior behavior. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. But anyways, she's whining. She's super excited about her honeymoon. Uh, they've had to move back to their old house, which is a whole other weird situation because you guys moved. Why did you guys move to an apartment? And like, do you own this house? Like what, what's the situation there? I, I don't really understand it, but they moved back to their old house because of her visa. And because she said Indian immigration uh, with her visa, everything was done with that old address. So if they pop in and want to do a surprise visit and they're not there, they're going to think that something's wrong, which I just was like, that's, I don't know how it works in India, but, like, if you move, wouldn't you just have a forwarding address? Wouldn't you just have a forwarding address and just tell, like, the post office 
we've moved, this is where we live now and just forward our mail to our new place. So they can't move until her immigration process is completed. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. And I mean, maybe that's how it works there, but it doesn't sound right, especially with technology nowadays. It just doesn't sound right. Like immigration is going to realize that people move. Then I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. This seems weird to me. Anyways, they're going to go, and I don't know if I'm saying it right, but Rishikash um, for their honeymoon. It's like an outdoorsy place. Submit is excited about doing things like zip lining and hiking and camping. Uh, he wants to do all the fun things. But Jenny wants to just like go to the beach and lay around, right? Which I thought was a beautiful metaphor for where they are in their lives, right? He's in his 30s. He wants to be active. He wants to do something. I want to hike. I want to camp. I want to fish. I want to zip line. I want to do all of the things. I want to go water, um, waterboarding, waterboarding, is that it? Paddling. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, it's definitely not waterboarding because I know what that means. Um, what is it? Like surfing, but not surfing. Paddleboarding. That's what it is, I think. Anyways, he wants to do all the outdoorsy fun stuff. And Jenny just wants to lay around, which. <laughs> Rebecca said he does good and well. Jenny isn't going zip lining. Nikki says to me, there's a 30-year age difference. Think about it. I'm just saying, Nikki, it's clear that they're in two different phases in their lives. He wants to be active. She wants to lay around. So the other thing about Sumit that I just think we're tired of, at least I'm tired of it. Like, we get it. You're always going to choose your, your family and your parents over your wife. You're always going to choose your mom and your dad over Jenny. Like, we get it. I don't need you to tell me even one more time. I totally know where your loyalties stand. But he sits there on national TV and says that he's trying to be happy, but it's painful for him because of how upset his parents are. And so he's pretending to be excited, but really he's thinking about his mom and his dad. I mean, okay, like how long has it been, you guys? Like I just, okay, we get it, Samit, we get it, we get it. You're you're a mommy's boy, your parents are really important to you, and I get it's part of the culture and how you were raised and all the things, I get it. I guess I'm just tired of hearing about it. So Jenny is in her la-la land, she's excited because they're finally married. And she wants to submit to finally let down the, quote, dark shadow of his family. She wants her to let that go so they can just be happy, have a happy marriage, not have a dark shadow over their marriage. And she basically is like, I want him to finally pick me over his parents. And I'm sorry to say, it's not going to happen, Jenny. He's not going to do it. Anyway, so they're driving to their honeymoon. They almost get in a car accident, if you guys notice that, on route. But they do make it there safe. 
beautiful, beautiful resort. And again, with these random like workers, I don't understand how the workers get involved in their business, but the concierge, Arjan is his name, was surprised that Jenny and Samit were the honeymooners. And he was surprised because of their age difference. And he says that his family would not accept it. Like they just would not accept it. And so I was like, well, Arjun, who asked you for your opinion? You're the concierge. You do your concierge stuff and don't be so judgy, judgy. But he had an opinion and decided to share it with all of us. And so they get to their suite. Suite is beautiful. There are roses everywhere. There are the towels that are folded in doves. The doves are like, or swans kissing each other. There's rose petals in the bathtub, just soft lighting, gorgeous. And um, Jenny's super excited about it. It's more than she expected it would be. She loves the room. She loves the resort. She's all about it. Then they sit down and here's the thing that is so crazy to me, you guys, and I know that I'm not wrong, right? So hands up if you guys remember the last job that Samit had. Hands up. Just let me know in the live chat. Hands up. What was Samit's last job? Because this fool has not worked since his last job in the very first season we saw him years ago. Okay. So when he sat down and told Jenny that he, you know, he's young, he's in his 30s, and he feels like his words, he feels like he should work. He feels like he should be productive. Thank you. Raydella said his job was catfishing. Facts. Then he said, out of the blue, in my opinion, that he was cooking and he wants to go back to cooking as before. And my note is a question mark. When were you a chef? When were you cooking? Did I see you in Hell's Kitchen? Did I see you? I don't know. Where did I see you cooking? You don't even cook at home. Since when? Sly Cat scamming at the call center. That part, Rebecca. That part, Linda. Telemarketing scamming. That part. So when all of a sudden, Linda, Sly Cat, Rebecca, Ray Della, when was he a cook? And when did he have a food business? So him and his friend have a food business and he's a cook? Since when? Since all the years I've been watching the show, when has he ever mentioned cooking and a food business? Since when? I was like, wait, what? So then he's like, yeah, after our honeymoon, I'm going to go back to my food business with my friend and we're going to be working six days a week. And then the other thing that was so weird to me, then Jenny starts fussing get snippy with him because she doesn't want him to work six days a week because she's living off her social security and she didn't move to India to be alone. Um, what, what, what is, I don't understand what's happening here. You're mad because he actually wants to be productive and have a job. And then his job is something that no one has heard of. He's all of a sudden a chef or a cook and has a food company. I, uh... <laughs> C. Cruz said, I took it as code as he wants to get out of the house without her. 
They seem clingy. <laughs> he did say, I don't go anywhere without you. He did say that, C. Cruz. He did literally say that. So you may not be off the mark there. Anyways, you guys, I have questions about the whole situation. Like that whole part didn't make any sense to me. The fact that all of a sudden he has a food business, the fact that Jenny is mad that he actually wants to do something when he's in his 30s and not just lay around and live the retired lifestyle was surprising to me. <sighs> when, Megan, when did he work at his friend's restaurant? When? You're going to have to find the footage and send it to me because I don't believe it. All right, again, disclaimer, the same disclaimer that I gave for Angela, I give for Ed. Um, and there's not a lot, I don't have a lot of notes and because nothing really happens with them because it's the same shit, different day. So Liz, in my opinion, is being immature. I think it's showing her 29 versus his 56. Um, she's jealous of her beautiful friend. She's jealous of the attention that Ed is giving the friend during this pseudo photo shoot. Um, and she's like mad that he's not hearing her out, that he's not listening to her, that he's not teaching her how to be a photographer and spending all his time flirting with Alex, the model. And Alex is like, you know, this is some bullshit. I'm trying to stay out of it, but she does see Liz's point of view. And then Ed brings in this weird, like, she's a Gemini, he's a Taurus, so they're both strong-headed. And I was like, well, no, it's just because you two are toxic for each other and you should never have gotten back together. And I will never forget to this day that she started a change.org to get you canceled from TV. Okay? And now all of a sudden you guys are together. And guess what? It's the same toxic fighting that you've only ever done. And you're about to tell us for the umpteenth time how many times, eight times, that you broke up with her. Got it. So Ed goes to apologize to her um, and says, you know, I took it personally. You don't ever correct a photographer in front of a client. And so he apologizes for snapping at her, says, I love you. You are my fiance. Uh, but in that moment, you were my student and you crossed the line. You were not acting like my student. And she's like, well, you weren't teaching me. You were showing off and talking to Alex and flirting with Alex. And your face and your eyes were everything. They were everywhere. But they weren't on me. Oh, fuck off. Like, come on now. Just stop it. Ed says that when Liz acts immature, it gives him pause. And then Liz says when, you know, one of the reasons they broke up in the past is because Ed is so controlling. You know, I just, that's all I have to say about them. I think that they're a bad match. I still don't understand why they're on Happily Ever After because none of it is Happily Ever After and they're not even married. They're not, they're barely engaged. And I just, I don't understand it. I thought it was before the 90 days, then 90 day fiance, you get married. And then happily ever after we see what married life looks like. 
all of a sudden this season, it's like some randos that they just threw in there and said, oh, they're going to be happy ever after. I feel the same way about Kim and Usman. Like, you guys aren't even engaged. You're barely a couple, but you're unhappily ever after. Like, this is the wrong spinoff for you. It's the wrong spinoff for Ed and Liz as well. Anyways, they make up. He literally has no kahunas as far as I'm concerned. So he's mad that he has to carry his own equipment and then literally says, I'm not going to carry it because my back hurts and makes Liz, makes Liz carry his heavy equipment back to the car. No, sir. No, sir. Not I. You're the photographer. What did you do before you met Liz? And if you needed an assistant because your old ass back is out, then you should get an assistant that you pay to do that. What you're not about to do is make your fiance do all the heavy lifting because your back hurts. And then meanwhile, you want to go ahead and body shame her and make her go to the gym because you want her. Listen, you guys, he's so problematic. He's so problematic. I don't even know where to begin. He's a problematic, manipulative person that has that nickname for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I really don't want to do... Okay, I'm just going to do them, I guess. Kim and Usman. I'll say this, you guys. Like, I, I don't know what happened to Kimberly. I've always said that she seems like a sweet lady. I don't know what happened this season. Like, she's morphing into a mix of baby girl Lisa and Angela. Like, I don't know what's happening with her, but this whole tantrum and twisting words and changing the narrative doesn't seem like the same Kimberly that was using logic and sense. Like, I don't know if they're making her be the villain, but has anyone else noticed that her personality is just totally different this season? And she's like, uh, I don't, she's like, literally a cross between baby girl Lisa and Angela all of a sudden. And I didn't know where it's coming from. And am I the only one that's seeing it? Are you guys seeing it too? Let me know. So first full day in Abusa and already they're fighting because of the second wife situation. And, you know, Kim doesn't want to meet her. doesn't want to interact with her. doesn't want to know anything about this, the second wife. And, you know, soldier boys, like, you know, before I take you to get the blessings of my mom, you and I have to be on the same page about me having a second wife, because that's the only way she's going to bless the situation is that she knows that you're just going to be the first wife. And the second wife is going to be younger and be able to bear my children and all of that stuff. So what he decides to do is meet with his friend and his friend has a few wives and Kim says, so that's why you brought me here to make me feel better about your second wife. And he's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with that? You you said already, and don't forget you guys, he's the one, she's the one that said she was okay with it. When we all know that she's really not okay with that. And now that reality is kicking in, she's, she's bucking back and she's having a major issue with that. So, um, they meet with 
Karibru, which is his friend. And here's what made me laugh, you guys. How he introduces Kimberly to his friend. He says, Usman says, she loves me hard, hard. She loves me hard, hard. And I love her too. But the simple fact that he has to continue to remind all of us that he quote unquote loves Kimberly just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. He knows that she's a super fan. He knows that she's going to do whatever because she can't believe that she's in a relationship with someone that she was a fan of. So there's that, right? So he tells a friend um, that in the future that they should get married, but you know, he's told Kimberly that he has to have a child and he says that's very important. And his friend's like, yeah, you know, it's very, very important. And Kimberly's like, oh, I don't know. And the friend's like, you know what? You shouldn't be afraid of it. It's it's how we live our lives here and it's not going to be a problem. And Kimberly's like, well, you know, I am afraid because this is not what we do in America. And this is not part of American culture. And so she's like, but, you know, how does it work? You know, does the first wife get all the love is what she's asking, right? And the friend's like, no, the first and the second wife are equal. And even if you love one more than the other, you have to hide it and you must treat them equally. And if you prioritize one over the other, there's going to be consequences and Kim loses her shit. She loses it, you guys. Loses it. Loses it. And so she's like, that is not what Usman told me. He told me that the first wife gets all the love. And Usman's like, well, it's not really even about that. It's really about just respecting we all respecting each other. And she's like, I don't care about that. I am not okay with Usman loving both the wives equally. And I thought, I sat there and I thought, what, Kimberly, like you sound anti-woman, honestly. Like, why did you agree? So let me get this straight. You agreed to have a second wife only if she's isolated gets no love from Usman, gets no attention from Usman, has his babies, but he's not supposed to care about her at all. You're supposed to get all the love and support and attention. Who, what? Who literally is saying, I want my husband, when he has another wife, to alienate that wife and to not give her an, a lick of love because I want it all to myself. Who literally says that? Right, Rebecca. So she wants him to treat the mother of his kids like trash? That part, Rebecca, that part. And you, can you imagine? Just can imagine from a female to another female that you want a man to treat another female like trash? Have you lost your friggin' live in mind oh outrageous so she's like yeah she thought that she was gonna get all the attention she thought the first wife gets all the love and the second wife was just to have the kids 
And she's like, I would not have agreed to come to Nigeria. I would not have agreed to having a second wife if I knew that we were going to be equal in it. First of all, Kimberly, you never wanted to have a second wife. You wanted to keep that yammy to yourself. And now you're having an attitude because it's starting to become reality and Usman continues to talk about it and you're not okay with it because you actually were not okay with it from the beginning. Let's just call it it what it is. All the rest of it, bullshit. And so when um, she starts freaking out and then she throws that milkshake on him and tells him to shut the fuck up and walks away, that whole scene, which in my opinion, again, I don't know who this woman is, but she's definitely morphed into half Angela, half baby girl Lisa. Because we're doing this again. Last season, you threw water in his face. This season, you're throwing milkshake all over him. Like the disrespect and the fact that you think that you can just be aggressive and attack people like that is not okay. You never put hands on people and you never do this type of shit where you have aggressive gestures towards other people. I, I just don't think it's okay. And I don't, I, male, female, whatever, I don't think it's okay. So <clears throat> it's not okay with Usman either. In the Nigerian culture, you know, you don't disrespect your partner like that and you absolutely don't disrespect them in front of company. That's what you're not about to do. And so Kimberly screaming at him, saying that she, he belittled her, that he cut her off, um, and that she's upset because he continues to interrupt her when she's asking questions. And I was like, none of that actually even happened. He was translating, unlike Submit who will allow a full-on conversation to happen and not tell Jenny one word. He was literally translating the best he could what his friend was saying. So what part was he interrupting you? No, just like Isman is saying, that's not really why you're mad. You're mad because you're jealous of the second wife. You're mad because you find found out that you would be equal to the second wife and that Usman is about to stick his yammy, what did they call it? The yammy African two by four, whatever the case he calls it, any of his nicknames, in a younger, hotter version of not you, but another woman who's going to be younger and hotter and also can have his babies. That's what you're insecure about. And that's what you're upset about. Because guess what? He's going to definitely catch feelings for her. And he's, and she's going to be a similar culture to him. And you're going to be living abroad and he's going to be in Nigeria living with, with his second wife and his babies. That's what you're mad about. Call it for what it is. And the simple fact that you were never okay with, not ever okay with him having a second wife. You said you were, but you weren't really. And now you're mad at yourself. Ridiculous. Um, real quick, I wanted to share with you guys this. I had forgotten about it um, when I was doing the Jenny and Submit part. But Jenny is stateside. She is spending some time with her family. And this picture is her and Christina. So uh, she is in the U.S. visiting her family. 
and spending time with her kids. And so I just thought you guys should know that, that she is stateside spending time with her loved ones. No submit insight. All right. Up next in last and not least, uh, Bilal and Shida. Oh, Bilal. Bilal, Bilal, Bilal. Bilal and his lectures, you guys. I just couldn't be in a relationship with someone that continued to lecture me. I just couldn't do it. So they're going to some home store to buy some decor because Shida wants to put, you know, the woman's touch in Bilal's house, that now her house as well, right? But they get in the car and... Bilal has to remind her that they don't need anything and that she should be cognizant of the fact that they don't need anything en route to the store. So we already started with his lectures. So <laughs> they've made up from their fight from the coffee house. And the only reason they made up is because uh, Shida apologized for her behavior at the coffee house, and so now there's a clean slate. As you guys know, I did think she was in the wrong, too. I think that she created a situation that wasn't there. Like, her saying, like, there was rage and hostility and all this stuff was, was a bit over the top for my personal behavior, or my personal opinion. I think her behavior was just, like, over the top. So they get to the store. They want to add decor to the home. And she likes color. You know, he likes everything white and sterile. So he says no to a lot of it. And in their confessionals, for lack of a better term, he's wearing a pink shirt that she picked out because she just really loves color. And he's not really about that life. So he gets into lecture mode for the second time, you guys. And he shows her this game. And it's like a... I don't know, it's like backgammon or something, some type of game like that. And it costs $430. This fool takes out his phone, whips out the calculator, and converts it to Trinidadian currency so that she could get a sense of how much this game would actually cost and says to her that he wants her to know the value of the dollar. Listen, y'all, listen. What you're not about to do as my husband is throw out that calculator and try to teach me a lesson in the midst of all of this. That's what you're not about to do. No, thank you. Nope. Just say we're not getting it or we don't need it. What you're not about to do is lecture me and pull out a calculator on me so that you're trying to teach me the value of a dollar. Oh, Lord. So... Connected to this um, furniture store or whatever, decor store, is a baby clothing store. And right away, Shida has baby fever. She wants to go in there. They talk about this whole prenup situation, which, you guys, I think is interesting because if you remember in the prenup, she, she said that she had to have a baby by 40, but there was no repercussion written in the prenup but all of a sudden this season this episode she says that if she doesn't have a baby by 40 
he's going to pay. Now, he's going to pay what? Are you just saying like he's going to pay for it? Or he actually has to financially pay you? Because none of that is in your prenup. And so it's interesting that all of a sudden you're saying he's, quote, going to have to pay. How so? Elaborate, up. Inquiring minds want to know. So she sees this baby store and she's like, oh my God, God is telling us something right now. And Bilal's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. We don't even need to be here. We're not having a baby this year. You know, we need to get to know each other and we need to do some things first. I'm not interested in having a baby. I'm not in a baby space. I'm just not for it. And then she ignores all that he says and says, you know, maybe next week we can go to see a fertility doctor, which I understand. She's like, I'm getting older. It's going to be harder for me to have a baby the older I get. So I just want to know where I stand before I hit 40 and maybe it'll be too late. Right? Like, I get what she's saying. But, like, why did you guys get married if you guys are so against... You're not on the same page about kids. You guys know what I say all the time. You have to have those conversations before you get into the serious relationships. How are you in this marriage and you guys aren't on the same page about babies? How? She wants them and you're like, mm, not now? What's the difference between now and two? Two years from now? You could either have a two-year-old toddler or a newborn baby. You're still going to have a baby. What's the difference? So he goes off to meet his mom uh, at the mosque and they're doing some charity work, uh, especially during Ramadan. They do a lot of charity and giving back to the community. And, you know, he's talking to his mom about how Shida has this baby fever. And the mom was like, well, didn't you guys discuss it? And didn't you say that, you know, you, you weren't going to have a child right now? Like, why are we bringing this up? Is it because she has baby fever? And he's like, yeah, she does. And she's like, well, I thought you guys agreed to wait. If you haven't agreed to wait, you two need to use your communication skills and get on the same page. And get on the same page. Now, here's the thing that was so weird to me, you guys, and I don't know if you noticed it, but I I just took a quick screenshot of it because it was super weird to me. But did you notice Bilal, who's 100% an American, they put subtitles up while he was talking to his mom. Did you guys, any of you guys catch that? I was like, why did they put subtitles on Bilal? You don't put subtitles on Andre, but you're putting subtitles on Bilal? Why? Make it make sense. Wait, what? So, when he's talking to his mom... Um, and telling her, you know, what we agreed on was that we were going to wait before we had a baby and, you know, no, it's not a then it's a now it's a now we're waiting now, period. I was like, I don't get it. I understand perfectly what he was saying. Was there something that I missed? Was he talking in some type of dialect that, cause he's a full on born and raised, you know, uh, frat boy. So, like, what? Anyways, it just was interesting to me. Subtitles. So he asked his mom, you know, when did you start having kids? And she's like, we had kids right away. I got married in June and I was pregnant by July. 
and Bilal did not like that answer at all. Now, one of the things we learn about Bilal in this is that he's an Amman, um, which is a Muslim counts in Muslim culture, like a advisor. And he's counseled people before. And I think that that's why he's always in lecture mode is because he's used to, you know, telling people what to do basically and counseling them on how they should live their lives. And that is how he treats his wives as well. He, you know, he thinks he's, he thinks that that is his role in life. All right. What are you guys saying uh, in the live chat before we wrap it up? Uh, Linda's laughing. Raydell says that uh, he's delusional. You guys are hilarious. Slycat says, I don't even know how anyone could put up with Ed and his weird behaviors. Facts. Facts. Anyways, you guys, thank you so much for being here. I absolutely appreciate you guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that great stuff. Uh, I did a collab with Just Call Me Wah. Uh, so definitely head over to her channel and check that out. We did that earlier today. Uh, the link is in this video as well. So you can go directly there from that. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm catching up. I know I'm a little behind on some of the shows, but I'm catching us up this week. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye for now.